Tiny Revolution features adults having adult conversations, which means that adult language is probably going to be present, just so you know. Hey there, you're listening to A Tiny Revolution, a podcast about ordinary people living revolutionary lives. My name is Kevin Garcia. Welcome to episode 72, my friends. I hope that you're doing well. I hope that you're coming into this week and you know, you're halfway. You know what? It's it's Wednesday. So, whoa, you're halfway there. Whoa, living on a prayer. <laughs> if you're like me and in seminary, then you're definitely living on a prayer, honey. Oh, honey. Y'all, let me tell you about seminary for like half a second. It is a lot more than I expected. Um, in the best ways, I'm getting challenged. Um, I'm learning how to manage my time a little bit better. And last week, I just had to take off uh, from creating stuff because I didn't have time. And you know what? It's okay to take space. Even I think there's this this lie we like to tell ourselves, uh, especially because of capitalism, that we are what we create. We are our engagement. We are our retweets. We are, um, you know, our pro- our product. And um, it, it took a lot for me to just uh, recognize that I needed space. I think I had like a panic attack, a crisis of faith, and uh, a few sobbing sessions all in one week. Um, and so some things I did just, you know, for the sake of transparency, I went to go see my psychiatrist about my medication that I've been taking. I've been on Wellbutrin for six months now, and I feel like my anxiety has increased because of it, um, possibly. And also just the fact that I've been through a lot of shit in nine months. Um, but uh, we started Zoloft. This past weekend, in conjunction with my Wellbutrin, and I, um, I'm feeling better. Um, I don't know if this is my body getting used to it, um, but I feel a lot more stable and able, <laughs> stable and able. I feel a lot more stable and able to actually get some shit done, and um, so I feel like we're back on track uh, for good mental health. So all I have to say is, if, if you are somebody out there who is struggling um, with mental health stuff and you're not seeing a therapist yet. Um, there's a million ways you can do that. Um, one way is through BetterHelp. BetterHelp is an online therapy platform that allows people like you and me to find the help that we need, um, especially because, especially if you don't have health insurance, and I know a lot of us don't, um, it's a way for you to connect with people that are affordable. That's another thing, that are affordable, um, that specialize in what you need. So if you are someone who needs to get some therapy, um, there's a link in the show notes uh, for betterhelp.com. Click on that link and start your journey towards better mental health today. Again, that's uh, BetterHelp. It's an amazing platform. Click the link in the description and get started on your journey towards mental health because you're worth it, honey. Um, and if that's uh, as you're talking with your therapist, if they're um, if they're doing their job right and they recognize that that medication could benefit you um, a lot. Ugh, listen, I don't know anybody who hasn't at least tried it. Um, but medication is not a bad thing. Medication is not a crutch. Medication gets you on the same playing field as everybody else and allows you to actually deal with your emotional issues, with your trauma, with a little bit of help. And who doesn't want a little bit of help? Um, so yeah, that's me being vulnerable with y'all. Uh, done with that shit because who wants vulnerability? Not me. Just kidding. I'm all about it. Okay. Um, Upcoming events, now that I've talked to you about therapy and whatnot, upcoming things, I'm going to be in Orlando next month with a Reformation Project. That's the weekend of October 17th. If you haven't already, go ahead and get your tickets for that. Um, If you didn't know, Mama Tammy from Queer Eye is going to be there, and she's going to be with her son, Miles, and they're going to be talking about their journey together as uh, mother and queer son, talking about how 
they worked through it as uh, as Christian people. It's going to be a really amazing conversation. Not to mention, um, Matthias Roberts is going to be there. Candace Zubernat's going to be there. Cassie Green, Britt Barron. Literally, I think like the majority of people who have been on this podcast are going to be there. So, uh, if you want to hang out with us, come to Orlando. Come hang out. Fun in the sun. What could be better? Not a lot of things, in my opinion. You can get all the information for that at reformationproject.org. If you're coming to the Q Christian Fellowship Conference happening in January, go ahead and get your tickets now while they're still uh, cheap. Um, You can find all the information for that at qchristian.org. Now, on to the conversation today um, with my new friend, Corey Campercioli. I saw something on Huffington Post a few weeks ago about this film called Femme. Where in the, it's just, I just saw the trailer for this, and there's a guy, and he's talking about just like how he's coming to the realization that he is feminine or femme. Um, and he has certain tendencies that, you know, fall into a category that some men find um, not as desirable. And uh, in an effort to kind of like, I'm not, I, actually, you know what, why don't I let him tell the story? Um, he is, just so you know a little bit about him, he's a writer, actor, and self-identified femme person living in New York City, doing amazing things, and currently making the rounds with his first feature-league film by the name Femme. It's an incredible short film. I cannot wait to see it this weekend at Landmark Theaters as part of the Out Film Festival in Atlanta. So if you're in Atlanta, let's hang out. Let's go see this film. Let's hang out with uh, with Corey and support him. Anyways, so let's go ahead and just dive into this. So grab yourself a little Croy, some coffee, tea. Um, so, you know, if it's late night, grab yourself a glass of wine. I mean, that could be helpful and enjoyable. Um, and listen to this conversation with my new friend, Corey Campercioli. Well, my name is Corey Campercioli. I am a Scorpio, which always elicits elicits a reaction from people. Uh, Okay, other Scorpios, we know that we're dope. Everybody else is just 100% through and through. Work. When's your birthday? November 14th. Okay, mine is Halloween, which is a little spooky. (gasps) Yeah, okay, witchy woman. (laughs) Literally, very much a witch. Um, Yeah, I was born on Halloween. I I grew up in um, central New Jersey, um, really close with my family. Um, Always wanted to move to New York um, to be an actor. And my dream was to go to NYU Tisch. Mm-hmm. Um, and got accepted into Tisch and moved to New York when I was 18 um, and uh, had a great time at NYU. I studied acting at Tisch. I studied um, Lee Strasberg, which is method acting. And then I did a year of just um, Shakespeare. And then cool. I did a year of film and television um, and then graduated from NYU and sort of um, was looking to make my acting career happen and you know encountered a couple roadblocks along the way um and right now I um we made I made Femme which is a short film and I'm um touring the the country with it and getting to meet a lot of queer people so that's my life right now um talking about Femme and talking about queer issues um I also I like poetry. Frank O'Hara is like my number one person in the entire world. He's my favorite poet. And um, and that's me in a nutshell, I guess. <laughs> I love that so much. The Second whole thing. Qu- yeah, thank you. I guess the interview's over. I'll talk to you <laughs> later. 
Just kidding. Also, second question: What is queer? I don't know. Who is she? Um, what is that? What does that mean? Just kidding. Yeah. Um, That's a whole another podcast for yeah, another time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love okay. the word queer because it's encompassing a lot of different um, sections within the LGBTQ community, and I also love that it's um, that it's sort of a reclaimed word. I remember mm-hmm. growing up and feeling like queer was different and weird. Um, mm-hmm. And I love that. Or even, or even something to be like pushed away. In some yeah, exactly. So I, I, I identify as queer and I, I love that term. Yes. Same. I also identify as queer. Yeah. It kind of, I don't know if you, you do this, but like depending on the room, like you code switch. Yeah. So that like, you know, like I'm in I front do. of my mom, I'm her gay son because it yes. makes sense to her. Yes. Yes. I do. I do the same. Yes. It's, very annoying i don't but i also don't want to like have to like do like educate my family of course of all course. the time because it gets exhausting sometimes i just want to go home and like drink a beer and smoke a joint with my cousins you know what i'm saying yes yes well actually my cousin um m- my cousin is gay and like was one of my the first people that i knew who was gay and he's like such an inspiration to me and i grew up I remember he was like, um, he was, he loved musical theater growing up. And mm. I remember him like being in this cat's Grizabella wig and being like, yes, <laughs> Lewis, yes. Um, but he, he did a lot of, um, I'm really thankful for him as far as like he was living his authentic life and, and my family accepted him. And, and I um, sort of came in afterwards and was like, Hey, I'm like him. Hey, <laughs> you know, Lewis, I'm like Lewis. Oh, no. oh, you still <laughs> um, so he's one of my like queer heroes. Um, so the thing I found from you, I saw an interview with you on HuffPost yes. talking about your film Femme, wherein main character is a very femme dude who is trying to figure out um, kind of like how to gain self-confidence in being himself as a feminine queer man. Totally. Yes, that is um, correct. Autobiographical at all or? Very much autobiographical. Yeah, I'm, I'm someone that um, the world has seen as femme, you know, my entire life. And I've been told mm-hmm. that I'm too gay and, and too extra and, and too much and, and, mm-hmm. and all of these things. Um, and so I sort of wanted to dig a little bit into that label specifically. It was a label that gave me personally a lot of shame and a label that I resisted for a really long time. It was something yeah. that I definitely did not want to be attached to me and who I am. And, uh, you know, I think I, I would go on you know, gay hookup apps and I would see, um, no femmes and mask only, um, mm, mask for so, mask only. Yeah. And you were kind of like mask for mascara only. Very much that, very much that. And so, um, I really wanted to dig into what was happening there. And I, I, I um, really wanted to write a story that celebrated the word femme um, Mm. because that's something that I hadn't really seen before. And I wanted to take a femme character and have them be the center of the film that anchors an entire film. And, and so many times I think we see femme characters portrayed as like the butt of the joke and these secondary characters. And Mm -hmm. um, I really also characters that are not very complex. Yes, exactly. Very, very one dimensional. And so the challenge to myself was really to um, write a script which celebrated the word femme um, and made it something that was um, 
uh, created the story that I had really never seen and the story that I craved to validate my own identity in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Um, b- I, before I go on to ask more questions about the actual film itself, I, I am curious about like being someone who is also pretty femme myself, like uh, nails did, you know, eye makeup, yeah. eyebrows done, yeah. you know, the whole nine yards. Yeah. Um, like when you are going into like any sort of romantic space, or, like wanting to, um, you know, meet somebody like, do you ever find yourself editing your behavior or like monitoring your behavior, trying to butch it up I mean, in order to like not scare somebody off? Absolutely. Like I spent, I think my entire life up until like this year doing that. Like, like I, I, I would always lower my voice when I oh, was yeah. going on dates with guys because I you felt mean down like, to here. Were you like, yeah, hey, I mean, Kevin. Like, <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah, or when I got on the phone, um, mm. I remember I was obsessed with like wearing backwards hats because I felt like, I think it made me appear more masculine. Interesting. Um, and well, that's like that's like lady lady gay code for um, just being a queer woman. I think at least in the South, it is. Is what wearing a ba- like lesbians and ba- backwards baseball caps is like a oh my a god thing I didn't know that was a thing. Oh, one hundred percent. That's like that's the uniform. <laughs> well, I didn't know that, but yeah, I, I I definitely like my entire life felt like I. What's interesting is that. I truly always felt accepted by my family mm. and by my close friends. Like I'm really lucky that I have a family that's been super supportive of me. Um, but I felt like in romantic situations, I mm. felt like my feminist made me unworthy. And so I would try to change those mm. things about me. And, you know, me and my friends, you know, we'll be stomping around in our heels and wigs and makeup and like, I would never want to post anything about it on the internet because I felt like um, if someone was interested in me, they would see a photo of me in drag and then like not be interested in me anymore. Like it was very dark and it was very, um, it was just so tied to a feeling of, of, of not being worthy. And so what's so exciting for me now is I'm like, this is me 100%. I have my nails done right now. And I'm actually like, you know, I'm at my office and I'm walking through life there and being able to say like, this is me at the office and, and this is me on dates too. And I'm femme. And, and it, it actually was very, very scary to be honest to, um, to attach that word to my identity in such a public way. Um, I remember, you know, I'd been working on this film for, literally years, the script. Um, and I never told my parents what it was about, um, or, or pretty much anyone that I was romantically interested in. I told them that I was working on a film, but I never told them what the subject matter was or what the title was, because I was afraid that if I told them the title, that it would, it would, they would be turned off. And my family, I, I was afraid that they would like, you know, say something about the subject matter, um, and so I remember when we launched the Kickstarter, um, you know, that's the point of no return when I'm, I'm oh my a God, Kickstarter yeah. that's, atta- that's attaching my name to this, this label um, that I hadn't really learned to love about myself yet, but I was hoping that I could learn to love about myself. And, you know, I, I feel like a lot of times the closer that you get to your dreams coming true, the higher that the, the fear is and the fear mm-hmm. frequency. And yes. I remember like about to launch the Kickstarter 
and like almost having a panic attack and being like, I don't want to do this. I shouldn't do it. Like, um, you know, and then I did, and it's been the best thing that I've ever done in my entire life. And to hear the outpouring of people just from the Kickstarter alone, from people all over the world who really resonated with this story and and resonating with um, the celebration of the word femme in a way that they had never heard it before. Um, it's just been unbelievable. And, and, you know, anything that happens with the film um, is great, but the biggest gift of it all has been learning to love myself because of my feminist and not uh. in spite of my feminist. And that was a huge shift for me. Yes. You better come through and preach, Pastor. That's oh, a good word. Thank oh. you. <laughs> no, I'm so it a, serious. It was a very long, long journey. Um, but I think I'm finally out on the other side. But you know what? I will still have moments where I'm where that that um unworthiness sort of creeps up mm-hmm. and I, I, you know, think, well maybe maybe I shouldn't, you know, have my nails painted or maybe I should try to try to mm-hmm. deepen my voice and um, maybe I shouldn't wear this or wear that. And, and for me, you know, this stuff doesn't just change overnight. It's about constantly checking in with yourself and checking in with the stories that you've been told your entire life and they don't mm-hmm. just evaporate overnight. And so for me, it's just about checking in with myself and saying, you know, why do you really feel that way? And peeling back the onion and, and, and making sure that I'm reaffirming my love for myself mm-hmm. um, and that I really am perfect exactly as I am. And I don't need to, um, change for anyone specifically yeah. not for a man that's for sure <laughs> damn straight I f- fun story time it was uh Please. right around the time it was actually like um right before, it was in January like maybe uh, two years ago I was living with my best friends and I was getting ready to go lead worship at this conference mm-hmm. um, this big gay Christian conference and I think it was in Pittsburgh that year but I got my nails done you know because I you know I want to know that I want them to know who they fucking with when I'm walking in the room you know what I'm yes, saying yes. and so um got my nails done about to leave the next day I get asked out on a date like some guy on Grinder asked me for a drink mm-hmm. and I had just got my nails done and I panicked because I'm like what if he doesn't like the fact yeah. that I'm painting my nails yep and I you know had spent like $35 getting the jail manicure done because they last yes. forever See, you know what I'm talking about. You know mm-hmm. it. Um, and I looked at my best friend and I'm like, should I take these off? And my friend Miles looked at me and said, like, Kevin, even if you didn't have fingernail polish on right now, you would still have fingernail polish on the inside. Do you know what I'm saying? Yes. Which, oh, my God. I love that. That is so, just, yeah. It's like, it's just like, so Kevin, like, if you're not willing to show how much of a weirdo you are in real mm-hmm. life, you know, like. You're, you're never going to progress further than, than anything else. So like that's something that stuck with me. It's like, it's like how much of my like true self, like my, my biggest, loudest, feminist, weird self can I put on display? Because if I don't give people the opportunity to reject me for all of me, I also do not give them the opportunity to for love them to you love. all of you. Yes. Come on. Yep. 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 And also like from, from a different perspective, it's like, would you even want to be with someone that doesn't want, doesn't love you for who you are? And like, right. you know, and, and honestly, <laughs> like for me, part of that switch was like, I am a romantic and I very, I, I do very much want to find love. Um, and I've been single for a very long time. And, and part of my switch was also like, 
well, if you're trying to change who you are and like, (laughs) that's clearly not working for you as far as like Mm. getting a man, which is like what, which is something that I would like in my life. Right. 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 Then fuck it. Why not be my authentic self? Like you need to course correct, honey. (laughs) Like if you're going to be single, why not? Like rather than being like miserable and trying to change everything. Why don't you like be yourself for once and just like throw your middle finger to all of the rules you thought existed. Is that horrible to say? No, I think it's (laughs) wonderful because oftentimes like even the most like shallow, you know, jock looking dude, um, who's like, you know, your stereotypical hot guy mm-hmm. can still smell inauthenticity. You yes. know what I'm saying? Yeah. I think everyone in a way like has, you know, their own little bullshit meters here and there. Yeah. Um, and, but it, it comes back to that thing that you said before, just like, you deserve to be with somebody who wants to be with you, yes. not a different version of yourself. Yes. Um, 100%. One, one of my favorite pastors, Nadia Boltzweber, um, and I, I always make Christian references because I'm very much a Christian and I'm going to school. I'm in seminary yeah. right now. So like. Amazing. Let me tell you what, how many times I've had to tell like guys, like, so what are you studying in school? Um, Christian theology. And they're like, oh, and then, you know, not a second call back, but that's okay. <laughs> oh, um, I think that's great. Well, thank you so much. I'm so glad. So you'll call me back after this. Thank you so yes, much. Yes. Yes. You got a call back, hon. <laughs> oh, thank God. This is the one I've been waiting for, mom. Um, but uh, she says, uh, she just said in this amazing talk one time that like your ideal self, like like the, everyone thinks that if I do enough yoga or if I meditate or if I diet correctly or if I have some a body that looks a certain way or if I act a certain way, vote a certain way, that I'm going to be more enlightened or more happy or more whatever. Yeah. But really like your ideal self doesn't exist. You do. Yeah. And that's the person who God is in love with too. So every time I think about that, I think of like the same thing of like, you know, sure. Like I'd like to be like 15 pounds lighter, like, you know, have these shoulders that like, you know, could like carry a million people on my back and have a six pack that could rival the gods, but that's just not who I am. Yeah. And I mean, I'm thinking back to my own personal journey and like, I guess it was probably two summers ago. Like I was like obsessed with like, having my P-Town body of going to Provincetown. And like, I was in the gym, like all the time Mm. and I was miserable and (laughs) I was, I was miserable. And I I think it's because I wanted to change myself to fit the Mm -hmm. gay, what I felt was the gay ideal, Mm -hmm. which was like just shredded and ripped and masculine and like, I just look back at it and it's so I'm, I feel sad. I feel Mm. like just like very sad about that. Um, And now when I go to the gym, it's because I want to feel better. (laughs) It has Mm -hmm. less to do with like looking a certain way to try to attract a person or try to fit into society's Mm -hmm. um, specifications of what attractiveness is. Um, But I totally identify with, sort of um changing yourself to try to fit in because it's hard because we have been um socialized to believe that uh to be acceptable looks like a certain kind of body looks like a certain kind of presentation like yeah it's like especially within like gay male culture it's like the closest we can get to like 
cis hot white gay dude yeah like that is the norm and that is what you know advertise and that's also just like in the mind of americans in general and perhaps even in the western world like when they think lgbtq they're thinking of you know the a very sexy white uh, acceptable dude who probably wants to get monogamously married and adopt a baby and look like you know the nuclear family and that's just not how it's playing out for so many of us yes yes 100 percent. yeah it's just uh it's frustrating um and, and this is not for me like over here saying just like if you go to the gym and you are like you have that kind of body that you're like you're less than or anything no or, like, no, no, no no but, but i think for me like, it was about it's for for me it's about it's about doing some some introspective introspection to see why it is that i feel the need to do certain behaviors mm-hmm. and like and and trying to deconstruct the narrative that like i've just been fed my entire life whether that applies to masculinity and femininity whether that applies to body type and and body shaming like just deconstructing what we've been force-fed our Mm -hmm. entire life in uh you know a patriarchal um society Mm -hmm. that's why i think this film is going to be so dope for so many people to see because it bumps up against all these patriarchal norms yeah. Of saying, like, this is what a dude is supposed to do. This is what a yeah. guy is supposed to look like or talk like or perform his gender like. Yep. And that is the goal, yeah. Yeah, and I think that's fucking dope. You also had, like, some, like, you, like, worked with Aja from yes. Drag Race, also just a New York City queen who's yes. phenom. And I saw that. I was just like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> yeah, Aja is a good friend of mine. She, um, we worked in, like, the nightlife scene um, before she was on Drag Race, and then she blew up. And um, it's actually really funny how she sort of became a part of the film. Um, so we had launched our Kickstarter, and um, I was at Aja's birthday party mm-hmm. um, at the Ace Hotel in New York, and they did a raffle. And the winner of this raffle, Aja would put into drag. And so I won this raffle. And we were in the middle of doing our Kickstarter campaign. And so I went to our director, whose name is Alden Peters, and I said to him, is there any way that you could film Aja putting me into drag? And while she's doing that, I'll ask her about themes within the film, like Mm -hmm. gender roles and gender performance. Um, And then we can use that um, as part of our Kickstarter campaign. Yes. And so we had the most amazing, amazing conversation um, about the themes of the film. Um, and she really responded to it um, and beat my face. And I looked absolutely gorgeous, darling. Um, yes. and, and then afterwards, we were doing casting for the film. And we were casting the role of Pansy LaRue, who's um, what we call a drag queen fairy godmother, who really helps me on my journey to loving myself. And I was like, oh, my God, we have to use Aja. Um, And we reached out to her people and she said yes. And we were so thrilled. Um, And she's a trooper because we we filmed at like 7 a.m. at a bar in Astoria called Icon. 
And she was there. She had been out the entire night before, but she came to set and she was amazing. And she slayed like a true professional. So I am so um, forever indebted to Aja for, for being a part of them. And I can't wait for you to see the film because she absolutely slays. I have no doubt. She was so like, just iconic. Yeah. On, on both. Are you kidding? Absolutely. Yeah. And I'm so glad that she got, um, sort of the redemption that that she deserved in All Stars and 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 uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm just so excited for her and and her career because I I truly feel like you know um, she's limitless. Yeah. Slight pivot off topic, maybe oh. on topic. Um, All Stars. Did you? Who did you think should have won all this past round of All Stars? Because I, I Angela for sure. Uh, love Trixie, absolutely adore Trixie. With all my heart, but like, I, I definitely think that uh, that um, Shangela should have been in the top two, um, and I would have loved to have seen what had happened there. But love Trixie, um, mm. I, I've seen her live a couple times, and she's she's brilliant. She's brilliant, and I mean, I think what I particularly love the most about Trixie is the way that she's able to pivot between humor and and real raw sadness and emotion. Like I saw her Mm -hmm. in fire Island, I think last year. Um, and she did this, you know, incredible comedy set and then just took out her guitar and started strumming and played the most heartbreaking song. Um, it was uh, from her first one. Yep. I don't hear you in the hall. Yes. That one, that one. Exactly. Yes. Love you all over again. Yes. And I remember just absolutely just, bawling and 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 sort of being unprepared for it because you've been laughing so much and I actually just read her New York Times feature that just came out a couple Mm -hmm. days ago and and she talks about that and about how you know laughter I think I I think she said like laughter is like basically a lubricant (laughs) for and then and then going in with this really heavy emotion and um, I think the way that she's able to pivot that way is so masterful. And to be honest, that's sort of what we're trying to do with Femme. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's, a, it's real issues, but we're going about it in a comedy. The tone is very light and, um, and humorous. Um, mm-hmm. And our goal was to really have you laughing and then sort of taking a step back and sort of like deconstructing the laugh and being like, oh, wow. You know, thinking about the issues that, um, that the laugh is, is rooted in um, and making mm. you really reconsider a lot of things. So that was our goal in Femme to, yeah. to have real issues, but make it humorous and light. Mm. I feel like there's a, a shift in so many of these conversations we're having around like uh, just justice issues in general or around um, how we create art as queer artists. Yeah. Um, uh, like I'm thinking the thing, like the way you like phrase that, like makes me think of, um, Nanette on Netflix. Yes. You, yeah, of course. Of course. Fantastic. If you have, if you're listening to this and you haven't watched Nanette, watch it. Are you, are you even <laughs> queer? Are you even an ally? <laughs> Not stop what you're doing. Yes. Um, and, and the raw, the raw pain, um, mm-hmm. in that performance, mm-hmm. uh, and the way that, that she was able to translate it into comedy. It was just, just stunning. Mm-hmm just yeah perfectly executed and i think like at the heart of like a lot of queer art in general is something that she said she said uh what i what i would have given to hear a story like mine when i was 17 yep you know because i'm thinking about like your film and what i would have given like as a teenager to see something like femme 
yeah. where, you know, I can, I could see myself, you know, for once. Yeah. It, it wasn't, it honestly wasn't until Glee came on television that I saw a character who reminded yeah. me of me. Because yeah. there was like, um, God, what was that show? In the 90s, I, I'm going to get shot because I should be better at this. Will and Grace? Yes. Oh. <laughs> well, it's like, in the 90s, but is it was the 90s? Whatever. I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty <laughs> sure it was in like the 90s. But um, like I, I didn't relate to those characters because I wasn't old enough to. So like it was, it's so interesting. It's just, I think it's wonderful to finally have media and content and movies where mm. we're able to finally see ourselves. And it's not like we're, um, I, th- I think it's becoming more and more common that we're the main characters and not a punchline or like a, yeah. a side character or a one dimensional character who's there just for comic relief. Yeah. I'm getting like emotional. I'm sorry. But like you just saying that, like that you wish you had seen that when you were younger, like that is literally the reason why I made this film is because I spent, I feel like such a great amount of time going into this black hole of of self doubt and, and feeling like I was unworthy. And if I'm able to, to prevent anyone from sort of going down that hill, you know, that spiral is just so important to Mm -hmm. me. And, and the kids that are reaching out to me now, it's just unbelievable. And like, yeah, just so many people reaching out saying that they've never seen their story represented like this and that it's inspiring them to like live their most authentic life. Like that's, mm-hmm. that's why I did it. And, you know, yeah. I just had someone reach out to me yesterday. It was yesterday or two days ago. And they were like, you know, I was, I was suicidal and I was mm-hmm. thinking about ending my life. And I saw your Huffington Post art, art uh, interview and <sighs> the, the thoughts of suicide immediately left my mind. And I was like, I just, I just was, you know, crying. Like what else can you do? Mm -hmm. Um, uh, So it's just, it's, it's, it's been insane. And so thank you for saying that, that, that you wish you had had that because that's the whole reason why I did it. Well, thank you for making it. And that's the work that we're doing here. Like creating queer content, I think can't, it cannot be understated how important it is because even like with like how much has come out in the past few years, like there are still people who think that they are the only one experiencing the kind yeah. of pain they're experiencing. Yeah. And I think that's the greatest lie the devil ever told humanity was that we were alone. Well, and like, that, or- that's the thing too. And like, I, I think I've been sort of navigating this conversation through the lens of acting and the acting industry. Um, because when I graduated, um, I would go in for these meetings and people would always say that I'm too specific. And like, I'm looking back and it's like, I'm only specific. They only told me I was specific because I didn't meet their heteronormative idea of mm. what is, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like normal. Yes. <laughs> and, and so I was made to feel like I was specific and siloed and, othered through Mm -hmm. this lens of of being told that I'm I'm specific and like once I told my story so many people came out of the the woodwork not out of the woodwork but just appeared where I didn't know that they were there and Mm -hmm. said like your story is my story and like to hear that it made me realize like there are so many people out there that are Mm -hmm. like me and and I just hadn't connected with them, but they've been out there this entire time. Yes. I don't know. I'm, I am don't know why I'm getting so emotional, but I'm like, crying. 
Well, because it's an emotional thing. Like as somebody yeah. who cries literally a few times a week, I'm absolutely <laughs> Yeah. And, and, and it's because like, I, it's that same thing. Like uh, when I came out, put my blog out on the internet, like I, it's like people come out of the woodwork people that you, and also like, I think it's so interesting. It's also people in your own life who you don't know are suffering, who get to experience your art yeah, and then find some, find some relief. And you also find a deeper connection with that person. Like, yes, yes. I had, I had a kid who, who went to high school with me and, and, and reached out and, and, and talked about how, my story was resonating with them and just I've, I've had this incredible opportunity to not only meet people reconnect with people from my past but also just meet so many queer people and I think about the internet a lot and I think about how it's really changed us as a as a society but I also think how beautiful it is that it's that it, it's power to connect. And I think about like marginalized communities and about how the internet is a way that everyone can have a voice. And like, whereas before it's like, you couldn't get onto mainstream media. Um, and now it's like, I have a phone in my hand. I, ha- I have the ability to make an Instagram and a Twitter and a Facebook and show my ideas to the world and express myself in ways that, that um, gives everyone a, mm-hmm. a voice and I just think about all the queer people that I've connected with in the past year to two years because of everything with femme and mm-hmm. I just think how lucky I, I think in so many ways I set out to make this film because I wanted to call out behavior within the queer community and and draw attention to issues that were real that really hurt my whole my soul and were really heavy mm-hmm. on my heart yeah. and I think that what actually ended up happening was yes, I was able to do that, but I think I was so. I, I be, what I really realized is that there is an incredible supportive queer community that is out there, and that was just waiting to embrace me um, mm-hmm. in ways that I never could have possibly um, ever imagined. Yeah, that's always like a, a beautiful, surprising moment when you realize that. D- yes there are the assholes of the of the yeah. internet there's like the trolls and like really hor- there's horrible horrible people who will do horrible things behind the keys of a message board or a keyboard um but then on conversely there is oh, man. a lot of people out I'm there having who tr- want I can't hear you anymore. who like want nothing but success for you you know what i'm saying what's going on i don't know if it's a long day or whatever but i'm like a raw nerve right now even though i've talked about this before but i don't well, know something about you well i uh i i take that as as a as a compliment definitely I think, it's i think because like the the way that i work and move through the world is i i i live with my heart on my sleeves and yeah. i often want to go into the deep waters immediately with whoever i'm talking to because yeah. Sure, we can talk about fam. We can talk about like how you created it and all the different stuff. I said, yeah. but I think what's but I think what's most important in a creative's life, um, or in an activist life, or whoever I'm talking to, is like, is, is moments like this because when we are able to bear our souls a little bit, when we're able yeah. to get free, when we're able to talk about how we get free, yeah, like we we set a map in front of other people. So that they can figure out how they can get free. They can plot their own courses. They can look at their context and say, you know what? I see this similarity and this similarity in my plot points. And I know I can get to my own promised land. Yes. Yes. And and it's funny. One of those people for me was um, an artist. Um, who, his uh, Instagram is Hey Rooney. I don't know if you've 
um, heard of him, but if not, you should check him out. Um, and he's an artist and he did a whole, um, sort of release of products with, with, can you hear me? Yeah, you're good. Keep going. Um, he released a whole, um, sort of campaign basically called, um, make America Femme again. Mm. Um, and it was, uh, one of the first times that I had seen the word femme celebrated and that people celebrated him for being femme as well. Mm -hmm. Um, And I remember buying one of his hats. I said, make America femme again. And I got it and I wanted to post it on social media, but I was so nervous about Mm -hmm. posting it, posting it. And I went back and forth like a million times. Um, And I think I did actually end up posting it, but um, he was one of the first people that I saw embrace the word femme and it was so transformational to me. And he actually is the person who made the femme logo, which yes. was such a full circle moment for me. And, and he was actually, um, actually he was the second person to, to come on board for the project femme. Um, I had a script and I don't even think I had a director at that time. Um, Ben Rosenwald, who's our producer was on board. He was the first person who was on board with the project and Rooney, who was such an inspiration to me was the second person. And and he said, of course, I'll, I'll do the logo for you. Um, Mm. and so, yeah, he's, he's absolutely incredible. You better come through community. Yeah. And, and, you know, and, and also we have Johnny Sibley who's, um, in the film as well. Um, and he's on, on pose right now on FX, which is so yes. beautiful. Um, and I had been a fan of his for a while and just reached out to him via Instagram and just said like, Hey, I'm doing this project. I'd love for you to be involved. Um, is there any way you can read the script and, and let me know if you're interested? And, and he was, and, and that's another thing, like, um, I think two lessons that I learned is like, just ask. <laughs> yes. Just yes. Ask, ask yes. for what you yes. want. Ask for what you want and people will surprise you. Um, and also that like, I truly feel like once you get dead set on, um, on your, on your goal and, and your dream, like the universe conspires to make it happen for you. And I mean, I just kept going in for one or two lines on TV shows and, and I felt like, um, I wasn't like in line with my higher purpose or rather I didn't Mm -hmm. understand how that fit into my higher purpose. And I think what I realized through this is like I was given the gift of performing and acting because I truly was meant to tell this story. And I feel Mm -hmm. like that is why I was put on this planet was to tell femme and release it to the world. And I've never been more in line with my, with my higher purpose yeah, and calling. I'm here and my calling. And it's so crazy how it takes some time, but you figure it out, you mm-hmm. know? And, and like, I always love performing, but like I said, I never understood why I love performing. And I realized yeah. that I, I was given the gift of performing so that I could do them. Yeah. Have you ever read Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert? Yes, yes. And it's the same thing. Yeah, just watching oh, yes. that idea out of the universe um, because it, it it was given to me for a very specific reason. And, um, mm-hmm. and it is so much bigger than myself. That is the yes. crazy thing. Like, I... I, I um, I don't think I realized that in in the beginning, Mm -hmm. I I felt like it was a very personal story and it still is a very personal story, but 
it has become so much bigger than myself. And it's very humbling in a lot of ways. You know, it's like, this ain't about me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is about um, large um, issues within our community and within mm-hmm. our society. And um, I just feel lucky that I'm able to create a piece of art that is speaking to people and that is making people question the um, how they have been conditioned to see the world. Mm. Boom, whoop, there it is. Oop, there it is. Hey. I like you so much. Oh, back at you. Back like, at you. I just think that you have such a stellar heart. And to, to touch back on one thing you said just a minute Please. ago, we are absolutely talking about the same thing. We are talking about the same source. We're talking yeah. about the same connection to the universe. Um, and Cause like I am like a super duper hippie dippy mystic mumbo jumbo uh, witchy woman kind of Christian. Yeah. So like I will often like interchange, like talking about the universe or God or, um, or a lot of times I just like when I'm praying, I don't even say dear God. I just say, I say, hello, love. Yeah, I love that. I love that. That is how I I best connect with with the divine is because yeah. it's when we when we recognize that it's so present in every single one of us across traditions or people who don't even have traditions, when we can recognize that in ourselves, we can start seeing it in other people and in other traditions and in other ways of talking about um our purpose and why we're, why the hell we're all here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, that's beautiful. It's so good. I think you're beautiful, Corey. My oh, God. Thank you. Thank you. And it's funny, like when you say hello, love, like that's sort of how I start. I, I, um, I, I try to journal and, and you know, mm-hmm. I, that that's it. I think I'm talking to that, that same source and yeah. also myself and, and they're mm-hmm. all connected, aren't they? Huh? It's all the same. Like, yeah. like our higher self, our, the source, the divine, the universe, when like when we real like this is this is me getting like super hippy dippy or whatever, but the thing that like blows my mind is that God is present. Like if we believe like okay, so like there was the Big Bang, right? Thirteen point mm-hmm. eight billion years ago, there is all this shit that is literally just together in one source and then explodes into the infinite universe, and so it's stars and planets and constellations and all the same stuff that makes up stars and the universe and the, the mysteries beyond that we're never going to understand also makes up the atoms that make up my body. Yeah. And God is present in the stars and the space between the stars and in between the words that I'm speaking. Yeah. And it like that just, I feel like if people can start like really connecting with that, that's my heart and my ministry. Yeah. And for me, it also goes back to trust in a lot of ways. It's like, yes. um, trusting the universe's plan for you. And, 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 you know, um, I was very nervous about the Huffington post, um, interview because mm. I knew that I had, it was going to have a scope that I had never seen before. And it was going to reach a lot of people. And I look back and I, I, I think like some, someone else was there. Like someone mm. was helping those words something, some power was helping those words come out of my mouth because, um, I don't know, it, 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 it did its job and Mm -hmm. I, I sort of surrendered to, um, what happened and what was released. And, um, 
even the fact that, you know, it brought me to you and we're able to have this conversation is so yeah. special. And, and mm-hmm. um, the way that it struck a nerve like that, that interview was shared over 15,000 times. It had, it has over 2 million views. Like it, it it's reach is, is so incredible. Um, and I just feel so lucky um, to have had that reach and that, um, the universe took over and <laughs> yeah. and it connected that's, with people that's what we so we call surrendering to the flow of the holy spirit honey yeah. that's what we call it yeah very much that <laughs> very much that that was my conversation with Corey Campertrolli you can connect with Corey across social media at Corey Camp that's C-O-R-E-Y-C-A-M-P uh, and uh, go over to his website, CoreyCampertrolli.com. And be sure to check out his new short film, Femme, which is currently making the rounds at festivals everywhere. And you can follow that at FemmeTheFilm on social media and at FemmeTheFilm.com. And if you're around Atlanta this weekend, Femme is actually going to be playing at 2.30 at Midtown Art Cinema as part of the run of films in the Fun in Men's Short event, which I think is going to be so fantastic. So I'm going to be there. You're going to be there. It's going to be amazing. We're going to support our new friend, Corey, right? Great. I will see you there, honey. Corey, thank you so much for being on the show. You are an absolute gem inspiration. Um, And yeah, let's hang out. A Tiny Revolution is supported by 134 amazing humans on Patreon. And oh my gosh, I cannot believe that. 134 people think that this, (laughs) that me sitting and talking with people is worth it. But um. You know, these are the conversations I wish I was hearing when I was a teen or uh, in young in my 20s. These are the kinds of conversations that I wish were being had on a bigger scale, on a bigger platform. You know, like we're going to do what we can because it's moments like these that are creating tiny revolutions for people. I know for me, every single time I get to produce something like this, it is a reminder as, as to that there is some good in the world. That there's still some good things happening, even though there's shit everywhere. Um, there's something to be celebrated. So if you believe in this work, if you believe that conversations like this are important and that we need to be creating more media that reflects our actual lived experiences, then I would love for you to become a sustaining partner through Patreon. There's some great perks associated with it. You can find all that information at patreon.com slash the Kevin Garcia. Literally as little as one or two dollars a month makes a huge difference in helping me um, pay my bills and do this work. So go over to patreon.com slash the Kevin Garcia and learn how you can become a supporting partner. Cool? Cool. Awesome. Um, if you ever want to get in contact with me, hit me up on social media at the Kevin Garcia. Go check out my website, thekevingarcia.com. And if you wouldn't mind, leave a tiny revolution, a rating in the iTunes store. It's a really easy way for us to get this uh, podcast in the ears of more people who need to hear conversations like this. And on top of that, do me a favor and share this on social media. Tweet it, Facebook it, all the different things because it's gonna be so good bb thank you so much for your support y'all i can't believe there were 72 episodes in i have so many big ideas going forward especially now that like i'm in seminary and i'm learning so much right now it's only been four weeks um anyways i uh i'm really thankful for the support i've gotten from this community so thank you so much for listening thank you for being you thank you for uh sending me care packages shout out to um my friend abby who's at owl post lettering um, she sent me a beautiful care package full of like a mug and no, two mugs and a print and a lovely card. So just, you know, shout out to you people. You're making this work so worth it. Um, all right. I love you so much. Um, yeah. So until next time, drink some water, go see your therapist, move your body, eat something delicious, kiss a stranger, 
if you want to, with consent, obviously, um, or maybe just your bait, or maybe just yourself in the mirror, because, you know, that's the first relationship you're actually in, is with yourself, you know what I'm saying? Um, go see Femme the Film, and I'm done talking, this has been another episode of A Tiny Revolution, my name is Kevin Garcia, and I'll talk to you next time, babe, bye! Bye!